Last week we looked at uh, the beginning of this section, which is Zechariah's just burst into praise and worship, uh, this proclamation of praise by Zechariah. We looked at the first half of that and how um, he declares, blessed be the Lord God. Uh, We looked at three things, blessed be the Lord for Jesus, our Redeemer, Blessed be the Lord God for Jesus, the horn of salvation, and blessed be the Lord God for Jesus, our deliverer. Today we're going to look at the the rest of that uh, praise that Zechariah gives the Lord. We'll look at two points about that. First, blessed be the Lord God for giving knowledge of salvation and forgiveness of sins. And secondly, blessed be the Lord God for Jesus, the sunrise from on high. So let's stand and read the text beginning with verse 76. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people and the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. And the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. Let's pray. Father, again, we are so grateful for your word. Cannot thank you enough for making known to us the way of salvation. Making known to us the means by which we can be saved and have a relationship with you. And you do that through your word. And so we thank you, and we want, to, we want to be attentive to it, Lord. We want to fear and honor you in our hearts as we look to your word. We want you to speak to us, God. And so I ask that you would work in this time, that you would do what only you can do, that you would awaken hearts, awaken us, Lord, to you, to your goodness, to the sunrise from on high, Jesus, your Son, the glorious one. We pray in his name. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat. Blessed be the Lord God for giving knowledge of salvation and forgiveness of sins. What a blessing to think that the Lord has given us his word. And not just that, but throughout history has given people to proclaim His Word so that we might know Him. You think about that, right? How did you come to know Jesus? How did you hear about Jesus? Someone told you, right? Someone told you the gospel, whether it was a a neighbor or a co-worker or a Sunday school teacher at the church you attended when you were little or or a sermon that the pastor of the church you attended when you were little preached. Somehow you heard the gospel and believed How gracious God is to give people to proclaim His Word throughout history. Romans 10, verses 13 through 17, Paul writing says this, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, 
who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And God's faithfulness to give people to proclaim the gospel, John the Baptist is born. John, one who would proclaim the way of the Lord. John, whose life was, was given and meant to prepare for Jesus. He's filled, Luke 1 says, filled with the Spirit, even from his mother's womb. John is a unique, not ordinary man, proclaimer of Jesus. Set apart as a prophet who would spend his life preparing for Jesus, pointing to Jesus, and then perishing for Jesus. That was his whole life, just an arrow to Jesus. And here's Zechariah, his father, holding this eight-year-old baby. Verses 76, 77. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare His ways, to give knowledge of salvation to His people in the forgiveness of their sins. Zechariah turns his attention. Remember, we're picking up here in verse 76 in the middle of this proclamation that Zechariah gives, this this praise that he bursts forth with. We're we're coming in this morning in the middle of that, and it's at this point that he turns his attention to his baby. It's important for us to see where has his attention been this entire time. It's on Jesus. It's on Christ. His focus has been Jesus the entire time. That's what comes first for Zechariah. And even as he speaks to his boy, his little baby, eight days old here, it's about Jesus. You, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High. That's Jesus. You will prepare the way for Jesus. Your life, John, will be about Jesus. This is something that all parents could learn better. The joy of parenting is secondary to the joy of Christ. If we don't make it our aim to see our children become arrows who point to Jesus in all that they do, then we are not fulfilling our parental duties well. It's clear as, as, as Zechariah, eight days old, he's holding this little baby, his son, and what comes out of him is Praise, blessing God for Jesus. And even when he turns his attention to his little boy, it's because you're going to point the way to Jesus. You're going to prepare the way for the one who's coming, Jesus. John has come into the world to prepare the way for Jesus, to point to Jesus, to perish even for Jesus. Isaiah 40, verses 3 through 5, was written hundreds of years before about John the Baptist. It says this, A voice cries in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Years after that, Malachi in Malachi 3.1 said, Behold, I send my messenger. He will prepare the way before me. 
And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple and the messenger of the covenant whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. As Zechariah turns his attention to John, his son, at this point in Luke chapter 1, this is what he's speaking about and this is what he's speaking to. What these prophets had proclaimed hundreds of years before, Malachi, 400 years before John the Baptist was born, Zechariah now is declaring to his son and and really declaring the time has come. Gabriel had affirmed or confirmed those words of the prophets that had been spoken hundreds of years before, had confirmed that to Zechariah in the temple. And now with hope and filled with the Holy Spirit, Zechariah is overflowing with praise and saying, it's you, son, it's you. You're the one that was promised. You're the one that's going to point the way. You're the one that's going to pave the way to Jesus. Your whole life, your whole life will be about Jesus. It's an amazing scene. Zechariah holding this little eight-day-old baby and prophesying by the power of the Spirit what would be true of him. I remember with all five of the boys just at that size and that age, how tiny, and you just hold them. And, and, and for all of us, we don't know what's coming, Right? We don't know what's ahead. We don't know what God's going to use them to do. We just love them so much. And and that's Zechariah. He's got his little baby, his his son in his arms and eight days old. And he says, Dad, this this is John the Baptist's daddy. But he knows. He may not know that his son's going to die. He may not know that his son's head's going to be cut off because of his ministry preparing the way for the Lord, but he knows that this is the one set apart to prepare the way for Jesus, the Son of God. He goes on in verse 77, you go before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins, to give knowledge of salvation to his people in the forgiveness of their sins. This knowledge that he's talking about is is more than just a head knowledge. It's a knowledge that leads to repentance. A knowledge that leads to turning away from what is not God and turning to God. It's a knowledge that leads to repentance bringing forgiveness of sins. There are people who, who know about Christ, who know a lot of things about Christ, but they do not love Christ. They do not trust Christ. They do not have their hope in Christ. And therefore, they have not repented and not received forgiveness. But God is using, sending John the Baptist to prepare the way of the Lord. And in in that preparation, he will give the knowledge that leads to repentance. Mark 1.4 says that John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Repent, John would preach. In Acts 10.43, Peter says to him, all the prophets, to Jesus, all the prophets, and that includes John, bear witness that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. And so that's what John is, is an arrow towards. That's what he's preparing the way for as Jesus comes on the scene that people would repent of their sins and turn to him and believe in him, trust in him and receive forgiveness from him. 
John was always pointing to Jesus. His whole life from the womb to the grave was to prepare the way to live what he says in John 3.30. He must increase and I must decrease. I can tell you I don't know of, of many better ways for me to decrease and him to increase than if I'm proclaiming salvation and the forgiveness of sins. If I'm going like John and telling people and giving them the knowledge of salvation and the forgiveness of sins, and if you're doing that, I don't know of a better way for us to decrease and him to increase. That was John's life, always pointing to Jesus. And you look at the beginning of verse 78 as you think of of John's purpose and God sending him, preparing him, sending him to prepare the way for his son Jesus Christ to give knowledge of salvation to his people and the forgiveness of of their sins. In the beginning of verse 48, because of the tender mercy of our God. Not, Not because of John knowledge of salvation that's coming and the forgiveness of sins that that people receive is not because of John. God used him to preach this message and to prepare the way, but it's because of the tender mercy of our God. Whatever knowledge we have of salvation is all and only because of the tender, compassionate, heartfelt mercy of God. All because of God. Blessed be the Lord God for giving knowledge of salvation and forgiveness of sins. It was God who set apart John to go and preach repentance. It was God who who had proclaimed that he would come hundreds of years before. It was God who awakened hearts to bring repentance. It was God all the way through doing it. Blessed be the Lord God for giving knowledge of salvation. And forgiveness of sins. And secondly, blessed be the Lord God for Jesus. The sunrise from on high. Love, love and have looked forward just to, to just for us rejoicing in this very phrase. Because of the tender mercy of our God whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high. I was driving down this morning and thought, man, I wonder if I need to remind the people what a sunrise is. <laughs> it's been a long time, right? We haven't seen the the ball up in the sky for a while you can google it but they'll bring back memory but this picture is so much greater right god's tender mercy whereby the sunrise shall visit us from on high jesus the brightness the glory the majesty of god coming to this earth jesus you think of that picture, the sunrise is, is not supposed to come from on high, right? It comes from down here and rises up. But Jesus is coming from above to this world to rescue a people who are needy, who are lost. The sunrise from on high. Malachi 4.2, again, God's speaking through Malachi, but for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Is that our response? As we get to texts like this where we know, we believe 
Jesus, you have come. The sunrise has visited us from on high. Is our response like Malachi proclaimed that we would go out leaping like calves from the stall? Glorious thought as Zechariah is proclaiming this. They'd waited for so long. The people of God had waited and waited and waited. 400 years after the prophet Malachi makes this statement, Zechariah says, it's, it's time. He's coming. The Messiah will be here soon. My son will prepare the way for the Lord. This is a beautiful, beautiful picture. Verse, four, verse 79, what does the sunrise from on high bring? It tells us two things, light and guidance. Verse 79, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. Light to those who are in darkness, who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Just think about that picture those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death we all know people like that that's what the bible uses that's one of the ways that the bible describes unbelievers those who sit in darkness those who are in the shadow of death And Christ came to give light to those people, to you and me. We were all that. We were born that way. Born in darkness, born sitting in the shadow of death. When we see the sunrise from on high, light breaks in. That's what Jesus came to do, to visit us and give light to those of us who sit in darkness. In the shadow of death, Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God who said, Let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We were in darkness. God brought us into light, into Jesus. We're sitting in the shadow of death. Although Ephesians 2 says we were dead in our trespasses and sins in which we once walked, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive together with Christ. How? Jesus. The sunrise from on high has visited us. Isaiah 9 2 says the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. What's the great Light, it's Jesus, the sunrise from on high. He continues on, those who dwelt in a land of deep, deep darkness, on them has light shone. And Paul was retelling his uh, journey to Damascus and how the Lord met him on the road to Damascus. And he's retelling that and, and, and talking about what Jesus said to him, starting in verse 16 of Acts 26. He says this, but rise and stand. This is Jesus speaking to Paul. But rise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen me and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness 
to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Because of God's mercy, because of the tender mercy of our God, whereby the sunrise, Jesus, shall visit us from on high and give light to those who sit in darkness, turning us from the power of Satan to the power of God and in the shadow of death. Jesus comes to give light. He says of himself in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so he comes to give light to those in darkness and in the shadow of death. He comes that they might have life and have it abundantly. You don't have to stay lost. You don't have to stay dead. That that phrase that's used there to give light to those who sit in darkness. Just remain and stay there. And yet Jesus has come in all of His glory and and they deny Him. He's come to give light and to awaken their hearts that they wouldn't be in darkness. They wouldn't be dead anymore. The sunrise has come, has risen from on high. In the light of the world, Jesus says... Sunrise from on high has come. And secondly, he, he came to give light to those in darkness. Second, he came to give or to guide our feet into the way of peace. He doesn't deliver us from darkness and death so that we continue to walk in darkness and death. So that we continue to walk in sin. He does it so that we would glorify him. So that our lives would be about this sunrise from on high. So that we, like John, would spend the rest of our days as an arrow pointing to him, preparing the way for him in other people's hearts and pointing to him. And even as Jesus says, if we must, to perish for him. That we would deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. He came to guide our feet into the way of peace. Obedience to Him. Isaiah 9, 6 says that Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And so those who follow Him, if we follow Him, we ought to be people of peace. We ought to be people who just know peace and live peace. We're not quickly stirred away from peace. He is our peace. John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not, I'm the Prince of Peace and I'm taking my peace with me. I'm leaving my peace with you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. I give you my peace, Jesus says. I would ask you, are you walking in that? Are you walking in peace? And if not, is it because you're not trusting the Prince of Peace? You're not believing that the sunrise from on high reigns and controls the sunrise here below and all other creation and holds it in His hands and therefore is not unaware of your circumstances. The sunrise from on high came to guide our feet into the way of peace. His ways, Jesus' ways. 
Is that how I walk? Is that how we walk and live and trust Him in and out of our circumstances? Jesus came to give light, not just when we needed to be saved, but that we would walk in light and in His peace. We've said this many times, the gospel is not just to get us saved. It's something we preach to ourselves over and over and over again. Jesus has come, the sunrise has risen from on high. The gospel is true and we need it today just as much as we need it at the day we first heard. Zechariah finishes his praise at this point. Verse 8 he says, very simply, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day of his public appearance to Israel. That's a 30-year vo- verse right there. <laughs> That's what we get. That's all we know. Don't know who he was with. There's a lot of presumptions, and we don't know. But we trust and can be assured that the Spirit was preparing him. He became strong in spirit readying him, preparing him until the day when the Spirit spoke to him and said, it's time, go and preach. Proclaim this message of repentance and prepare the way for the Lord. So what do we do? What should we do? We know from this text and we know as we've sung, we know as we look at the Scriptures, we know in our hearts Jesus has come. The sunrise has visited us from on high. He came to give light. He came to give to guide our feet in the way of peace. What do we do as people who need more and more sunrise in our hearts? God has given us the answer. He's given us the means of increasing Himself in us. Second Peter 1.9 says this, we have the prophetic word. It's the Bible. It's the scriptures. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you will do well to pay attention as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Isn't that wonderful? God's given us a means whereby the sunrise from on high will increase and rise more and more in our hearts. He's given us His Word. And so as we approach Him in His Word, we approach anticipating and longing, desiring that we would know Him more. Not that we would know just about Him more, but that we would know Him that He would increase in our hearts. Until the day dawns, Peter says, and the morning star, Jesus, rises in your hearts. As people who believe the gospel, who believe that Jesus has come, the sunrise has visited us from on high. Jesus has come. We come to Him through His Word. We listen to Him through His Word. We follow Him through His Word. We pay attention, as Peter says. You will do well to pay attention to Him through His Word. We come to Him because we believe. We trust Him. We long for the sunrise to increase in our hearts. We're going to prepare to take communion together, Lord's, the Lord's Supper together.
I want you to look again at verse 77, to give knowledge of salvation to His people and the forgiveness of sins. When Jesus was gathered with His disciples in the upper room in Matthew 26, verse 28, He says to them as He's sitting there, He's already broken the bread, He's holding the cup, and He takes it and says, This is My blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Our first knowledge of forgiveness was given to us by the sacrifice of Jesus. The sunrise from on high visited us and in visiting us had to die. Zechariah probably doesn't realize that at this point. Probably doesn't understand that at this point. But in his coming, he came to die. And that knowledge that we have is reinforced in us reestablished in us as we remember and even as we partake of the Lord's Supper. That's why Jesus gave it to us. Take this in remembrance of me. Paul says, as often as we do this, as we take this, we're proclaiming the Lord's death. That The truth of the gospel, the truth of verse 77, our knowledge of salvation and forgiveness of sins is being reinforced, reestablished in our hearts as we take the Lord's Supper together. As we believe again and again and again in taking the bread, that this is a symbol of His body that was broken, and taking the cup, this is a symbol of His blood that was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. So the gospel was proclaimed to us, and we believed our eyes were open. God shone in our hearts, as Paul says in 2 Corinthians. We believe, we embrace Him, love Him, and now we're living for Him, and He's given us this means in the Lord's Supper to reinforce those truths that we believe Jesus, you came, the sunrise has visited us from on high, you died, your body was broken, your blood was shed, and we remember that together with joy and in peace. And so as we take the bread and the cup, we do it as a means of reinforcing this knowledge of salvation, reinforcing the truth that our sins are forgiven, wiped away, washed away. So I'm going to pray and we're going to sing. They're going to pass out the elements and then we'll take them together. Father, thank you for your goodness and your grace. I want to thank you for Jesus, Lord. Our Lord, our King the sunrise from on high. Thank you for your goodness in giving us, showing us your tender mercy. You have shown your love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You've shown your tender mercy to us whereby the sunrise has visited us from on high. You did not leave us sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death. You came, Jesus, you came at the cost of your life. Your body was broken and your blood was shed so that we could see, so that light would shine in our hearts. We could see the glory of God that is you, Jesus. We could be forgiven. We could be guided in the way of peace.
So even as we go into this time of taking the bread and the cup, Lord, we, we do not want to do it in an unworthy manner. Don't even want to rush into it, Lord. You have come. And so often we, we can take the bread and the cup, we can remember, we can think, and even believe that the sunrise has visited us from on high and yet not respond the way that Malachi, the way that you said we ought to respond. Skipping, rejoicing like calves from a stall. Lord, help us that even now in our hearts that we would think and we would truly remember that we would not take these moments for granted, but that you would reestablish and reinforce the gospel in our hearts, even through these beautiful symbols that you have given us, the bread and the cup. We want you to be glorified in our hearts and through our lives. We want to be like John in pointing to you, Lord. So God, help us, we pray, even as we sing, help us. As we hold the bread, as we hold the cup, help us by your Spirit. In Christ's name, amen.